0: Welcome to another episode of More Than Dice. I'm Gonzo.
1: I'm not Kathy. Still.
0: (laughs) Uh, John is off today. He uh, decided to take some time off and get some uh, things done. And so it's just going to be Jim and I, uh, aka James Wapple. If I can get one of my mods to give a uh, shout out to his channel, that would be greatly appreciated. Uh, Jim is showing off some of his awesome models so flaunting in our face because he's damn fucking good at his job. Um... So today we're going to be talking about OSL, how to incorporate it, how to do it, how to put it on a model, how to get things ready. And before we do anything, look, look look, look, what I found. Look what I found. I was walking out of someone's house and I found this cool piece of bark. And I was like, yep, taking that home. So I channeled Mr. James Wapple, and I was like, yep, taking this. Got to let it dry out and everything. Um, I got a project coming up that I'm going to be, uh, I want to make a very cool dioramic base but i'm actually going to be using not that possibly because this week i got the cool cork board i got the aka james wapple brown cork board that we were showing uh i couldn't find it locally for any reason so i had to get it off of amazon which kind of irked me um so just down that found basic materials is the best especially when it's just like laying on the sidewalk it was like caught my eye. i was like ooh, grab it got it going before we get started, we're going to talk, uh, we got to give a shout out to all of our sponsors. Um, guys, a lot of our sponsors are doing some major promotions right now and trying to get ready because uh, of summer months and conventions are coming up, so they're trying to get extra cash and everything going. Uh, make sure you check out Turbo Dork. Uh, Turbo Dork does some great metallic paints and color shifting paints. Um, we will give away a gift certificate to them soon, $50. $50. Um, They will also be at Warfare Weekend and selling their paints and have a lot of cool things and new stuff for everybody. We want to thank Midnight Heroes. Uh, They are doing a big summer sale right now with our 10% off and their summer sale. You can get almost everything 50% off on their store, Um, which you can get uh, sets of paints. You can also get chibi miniatures, and uh, he's got new lines of miniatures coming out that he's 3D printing, which will be really cool to see. Once we get it, uh, he told me he was sending us some miniatures to show off and paint up. So we'll be seeing those pretty soon. We want to give a shout out to Muse on Minis uh, for hosting our channel. Make sure you check them out because they are up and rolling hardcore right now with a lot of cool things going on in their uh, repertoire, best way to put it. Because uh, convention Season is hitting hard right now. Um, So check them out. Make sure you use the code MORE THAN DICE. Um, who did I miss? Conquest. Don't forget Parabellum War Games. Uh, they just released their um, uh, First Blood Rules 2.0, which is their skirmish version of Conquest. Uh, so if you like skirmish style, style games, definitely worth checking out. Um, did I miss anybody? We have so many sponsors, not even funny nowadays. Hang on, it's this is bugging me. This one screen is just bugging me. Jim's screen is kind of not in the right spot. and It's just kind of uh, irking me. But um, other than that, I think I got everybody. If I didn't, I'm sorry. We'll get you in there. Um, but I think we got everybody. Um, Jim, do you know if we have any shout-outs this, year, this week? Uh, me, No. With John not here, he usually handles that, and I'm like, I don't see him. I don't have any that I can think of, so I'm going to say no. Does anybody have any shout-outs of anybody that passed away recently, need to be seen, talked about, blah, blah, blah? Don't know. I don't know. So if you know anybody, let us know. We will definitely give them a shout-out. Other than that... um. Guys, someone's already mentioned it. Oh, Mini Masterworks. Thank you, Captain Mizzy. Uh, Mini Masterworks. Don't forget to check them out. I've got a good code for them. Um, uh, More Than Dice MMW10, and you can get 10% off your order. Sorry about that, Mini Masterworks. Uh, He will be needing a lot of help. Uh, So if you can order from him, that would be appreciated. Just got a call from him um, uh, about a week ago that he had to cancel all of his conventions Uh, this year due to, uh, health issues. And so, uh, he will, uh, be needing all the orders that you can give him. Um, so don't forget to check him out. Yeah. Uh, Kathy, he told, he called me up and, uh, told me that he had to back out of Warfare Weekend. He had to back out of Reaper and Gen Con and Origins and just had to back out of everything due to his health, um, going on right now. So, uh, check him out on their store. Uh, always get some cool stuff and you can always get that awesome paint shaker, paint paint shaker that we always, uh, talk about. Um, I think that's about it. Uh, guys, so, like I said, someone's already mentioned the heat. It is getting stupid hot outside. Um, please make sure that you are hydrating, that you are, yeah, paint shanker. Uh, make sure you're hydrating, make sure you're getting out of the heat, Make sure you're taking care of yourself. Um, Too many people I've seen having heat issues. Um, Too many people uh, just not taking care of themselves because they're trying to work hard and get things done. Your job is not worth your health. I don't care what anybody says. Um, So just make sure you take care of yourself. Get things situated. I just saw a video where uh, an Amazon delivery guy or whatever... Um, collapse while doing the delivery so don't be stupid take care of yourself um, also take care of yourself because COVID is on the rise again of course we just came off on July 4th weekend so cases are going up but uh, there's been not any major hospital stays or major illnesses but please take care of yourself please 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 Jim what are you drinking tonight
1: we got ourselves—it's the rum and ginger ale mix. However, this is um, spiced rum, and it actually goes really good with this cranberry ginger ale right here. So, yeah, that—that's the first time I've had it, and oof, ever since I was like, "Yep, this is good," like this a lot. <laughs> Tastes like, like candy. Uh huh. You darn right, baby. All
0: right. Um, I am doing the old, good old Remy Martin um, XO cognac. Um. So have a full bottle of that. Still good and great. Still awesome. Guys, like I said, please, please, please take care of yourself. We love everybody. We want you to come back. We want to see you at the next convention, whether it's going to be Gen Con, Warfare Weekend, Reaper Con, or um, Adepticon. We just want to see you. So please take care of yourself. So everybody out there, cheers. Oh, that's really good. Wait a minute, I think my 30 minutes up is up for my cat ears, so if anybody wants to push that in there, they better do it now, or I'm going to take them off. Oh, that's really good. Oh, man. All right, so we're going to be talking about OSL, Object Source Lighting. Um, all right. I'm making me all spin that. All right. So there's an hour. So, the rest of the show, pretty much. No, 30 minutes left in the show. <laughs> um, so, before we get started, I want to show some pictures of what Jim has been doing. So, we're going to switch over to the slideshow. Do, 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 do. right here are some of the models. These are your pre-done, you know, just blank canvases that you uh, you sent me a picture of. And it's your dwarves... That are blank canvases. Got some pictures up.
1: <laughs> yep, just these guys, uh, and all it is this is just brush on primer. I yeah. took a couple of colors of stainol res, mixed them together, and just brushed it on. So, I, just a few minutes.
0: I do notice that uh, w- when we get back to your screen, you do have two different colors of stainol res on there. So, I want to know why you did that. So, let me switch over back to uh, uh, so I can see. Actually, let's go to the. No, no, no. This screen, you've got, on the right-hand side, you've got gray and a darker tan on one, and then gray and white on another.
1: I just happened to have those colors, and I mixed them together, because for for a while, we only had certain colors of Steiner Res left, because it had been two years since I had gotten some new Steiner Res. So I was just basically going through, It's like, okay, if I want to make a brown, I'll have to mix this, this, and this to make a brown. And these right here, I just happened to be mixing... I think it was some some of the oceanic blue, some of the yellow, and some of the white together. It's kind of a a neutral, light green. The color is is irrelevant because with the oils, it just gets completely covered. So the color doesn't mean anything. It's really more the lightness of it. You want it to kind of be in between, not too light, not too dark. And that's always been the case because if you do black primer, every color you put on there looks too light. And if you do white primer, guess what? Just the opposite. If you go somewhere in between... And especially with the pre-glaze stuff that we do, it's also important not to have a color that's too dark. Like, this is getting to be borderline too dark. It's still okay. But something that's maybe even a lighter greenish gray like this, it's just a bit easier to see your pre-glaze, even though it's all going to get covered. Again, this could be orange, and we could be painting it blue, ultimately. It doesn't matter because the oils are so opaque and rich. They'll just they'll wipe out whatever primer is there as far as the color goes. Don't have to worry about that. So the okay. the Primer color just kind of happens. I mean, there's times where things have been almost pink. Stuff has been almost orange. Oh, yeah, here's uh, one of the Armada ships here. I think it has a whole different color to it, but as far as the light and dark of it, it's still about the same as those other ones. It's just kind of in between that very dark and very light, trying to find that happy medium somewhere.
0: All right, so here's one of the pre-models that you're going to be working on. <clears throat> hey, Danny M., um, that you're going to be working on and showing us stuff. The next one is your... You got Medberry Miniatures, which is your dwarves around the forge. I'm going to say, I, for the people, if you're not watching this, you should watch this. And he's going to bring up... he'll he, He's going to show the miniatures on screen. No one can see them right now, Jim. But um, they're going to show them on screen where we got. And this forge is un-fucking-believable. Awesome. I don't care what everybody says. That... The yellows and the browns and, you know, everything looks is just amazing. Hey, Cookie.
1: That was painted up on stream, so they can go check that out. It's The file itself is from RM Printable Terrain. He did a whole not Moria, not Kazadoom theme, so they can go check it out there, and it's really fantastic.
0: Yeah. I mean, this one is, I mean, that forge, the the fire pit and everything looks amazing. It's just, it's just unbelievable. Um and your next one, which was your Rohan and flames, um and your yellows and your white yellows for the fire and everything, I mean it just it's just incredible. I don't care what anybody says. The th- not only is the OSL amazing, but your flames are amazing too. Which by the way, I did pick up a set of the golden and liquitex that you had mentioned on the last time you were on here. Um
1: some of the elementium. It can be fire, water, thatch, anything.
0: Yeah. So, all right, so let's go over to the painting stream where we can see your models in big and in their glory. And while you're working on models, I'm going to work on models, but you're going to watch me because uh, I'm just dry brushing and just getting stuff done type thing. So, tell us about, okay, so you got this model right here that you're, uh, you're going to be working on. Uh Oh, yeah, this is the 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 Rohan and the dwarves.
1: So we got uh, Dunlendings here, Death to the Strawheads, and then we've got our Khazadum dwarves over here. Now, this is two actually different types of object source lighting. This is kind of your typical on-camera light source. Why? Because you can literally see the flames that he's walking over. This, you don't actually see the light source itself. It's kind of that under-lighting, right, the whole Moria thing. It's like, where's all this red glow coming from? Don't know. And that's the same deal. Uh, you see it a lot on things like busts because where the heck are you actually going to have a light source? So you tip to make busts a little more interesting because they can get kind of flat and boring, people will do this sort of off-camera light source. Now, here it just happens to be magenta, but it's this, this, the same idea as what I did here. Uh, and the idea is just to, well, it, to me, it's cheating because <laughs> it takes a fraction of time to paint an army and object source lighting, than if you were to paint the entire thing. And like, well, here we can have an example, something like this where, oh, wait a minute, we could paint all of this freehand everywhere, or we have a bunch of light sources on this side, which means we don't have to paint any freehand over there. All we gotta do is just make it orangey. So you're sort of taking out half of the miniature, making it as simple as possible, just a bunch of different values of oranges. And then maybe here is where you have all your cool colors, your freehand. So in in fact we're almost cutting this thing in half and having the paint time. Well at least we're having the freehand time. So it just is something to think about. Time obviously for me is important because what I do for a living. But when you only get wait, an what hour do you do for a living? Day, Jim? This is what I do. Actually I paint <laughs> miniatures, but really what's actually kind of developed is I teach the painting. I mean obviously the painting and the commission stuff that's a thing. But doing the Twitch streams, doing the Patreon page videos, the YouTube videos, the live demos, and things like this where I just kind of go onto a podcast and just sling paint around, trying to spread the joy of painting miniatures quickly and easily and to a higher degree. Because sure uh, why if you're I called I can...
0: the Bob Ross of painting, paint, miniature painting.
1: If I can get rid of some of the frustration for folks, they're more likely to paint, right? Because if painting is frustrating, your job is frustrating. The kids, the house, everything is frustrating. If your fun thing is frustrating, it will not be your fun thing for very long. You'll find something else to replace it that's more fun. So we, we try to get out the frustrating and plus up the fun. And I know a lot of people, they're afraid of the object source lighting. What's the phrase we hear so often? I'll ruin it. I'm afraid I'm going to ruin it. And as we get started here, you'll see that if you start with the object source lighting, instead of trying to, well, basically paint an entire miniature like this and say, you know what, I'll just tack on some OSL here. Or if you started with this and then did the rest of the painting around it, a couple of things are going to happen. First of all, if you don't like how this looks, you say... Screw it. I'm just going to paint over the darn thing. You got that option. It's very easy. Also, too, you know that why paint this and then paint it all orange again? Because that's what we used to do in the early days. Oh, yeah. And then I said, well, that's kind of a – why am I doing that? Why am I painting the same part of the miniature twice? This is stupid. So start here. Then you know, okay, what's the extent of this? Now I can just paint the regular stuff over here. So it's, it's it's a time saver. And especially if you start with it, then you don't have you lose that whole thing of, Oh my gosh, I don't want to mess up this miniature I've spent ten hours painting. Cause I always wondered why are people so afraid. That's why. Because they did all this stuff and then they tried to tack it on afterwards. And then it's understandable why they would be a bit concerned about it. So it's sometimes it's just a like a mystery, like what what's going on in people's minds that they find it so darn terrifying. And then you, you talk to more people and say, ah, you know, are, you, are you tacking this on at the end? They like paint the entire miniature. And they said, yeah. And I said, oh, well, there you go. That's why. So I think what we we'll <laughs> maybe try is to start up with the on-camera light sourcing here. Again, this is just the Liquitex heavy gel to create the – well, actually, gold. I have a Sorry. question.
0: How long does it usually take to dry when you use it? Because uh, it took mine quite a while.
1: It will depend on what you're doing uh, and how big this is. So this stuff didn't take very long because these are just little little bits of it here. Now, when we did larger batches of it here, say on, well, this thing, well, it took us significantly longer because we're doing the waterfalls. We got the water here. This had some depth to it. There was probably about a 16th of an inch depth. That took longer to, cure. that was at least a, a day plus for that so to fully you... turn translucent. Just...
0: Are you letting it dry, then doing it, or are you like, are you doing, like, layers when it's a thicker thing, or are you just doing it all at once and just let it sit?
1: When it comes to something like this, where it's going to be painted over anyway, uh, even, where's the other one that I did? Oh, yeah, this one. This stuff is maybe not 100% cured. It's probably 90% cured because I only did this a few hours ago. But since I'm just going to paint over it, as long as the outside is kind of crusty, doesn't matter. It's When you're doing it for water effects, you're better off just doing it in smaller layers, smaller coats of it. Something like this, not a big deal. Gotcha. The, Ro- the Rohan terrain where I was doing the, the roofs and the thatch, it didn't matter. All I was going to do was paint over it. So I just piled that stuff on. As long as the outer level was crispy, I could paint it. And then the stuff underneath was going to cure on its own anyway. And as long as I didn't smish my finger in it, it was going to be just fine. Yeah. So what we'll do here is that little thing that we call the pre-glaze. And all we're doing is we're going to take some of these oil colors over here, usually darker ones, put those on, and then we got our majestic makeup sponges right here. And that's what we're going to do is wipe some of that away. And we know over here it's going to be basically regular colors like this. And we know on this side, I try to make these uh, as similar to each other as possible. We know we got a boatload of object source lighting on, so it's basically half and half. Half knot, half width. So let's start with the half knot over here. I'm just gonna take colors like indigo. It's a dark color, but it's also, well, obviously a cooler color. It's also way less saturated. So that orange fluorescent paint, super, super saturated. Now, this is precision brushwork right here that you just don't see on every podcast.
0: <laughs> um,
1: as people flee in terror, like, what just happened? What is going on here? Yeah, this is that glorious, messy part that we call the preglaze, where all we're going to do is just literally slap this stuff on her. Don't care. I don't care, because eventually that's just most uh, of it is going to get wiped away. Now, what we have to do is let that set for just a second. Let's grab Mr. Dwarf here. Poor Dwarf. This, this is going to be a little more of the indigo. And as you can see, that well, not going to be much object source lighting right here. He's got a big old tower shield in front of him. So these are Dwarf Vault Warden teams. This particular figure is from Diwali right here. It's a 3D print. So we're doing our indigo there.
0: Is this a uh, model usable in the, Lord, the Middle Earth game? Yes, this is a Diwali, Medbury,
1: Printing Goes Ever On. They all do not middle-earth strategy battle game miniatures. (laughs) But the
0: size of the miniature can be used.
1: uh, Well, the nice thing is it's a 3D print, so you could actually... I mean, um, I think you've seen the Galadriel versus the Necromancer diorama I did, Mm -hmm. where I printed her up, I don't know, like 200% to be 54 mil, and made a diorama out of it so that's the sweet thing is that you can make them any old size uh like here
0: this little thing right here my little windswept terrain piece this is actually supposed to be like 13 inches tall Uh and i I just shrink it down to do it because i was like oh that's a cool looking thing i wonder if i could shrink it down and still make it look good and lo and behold yes i can it's the glory of 3d printing especially now
1: with the basing bits that is even more tremendous so you can see here even now, this done landing is a little less glossy than this one. Ideally, I'm working on well dozens and dozens of figures at the same time, but usually more than one. And you can see here I, I'm wiping some of it away, but as you can tell, there's still quite a bit left behind. People will do oh gosh, what is it? All the cool kids call, call it uh, the zenithal, whatever oh, yeah. they, that's what they call it. Yeah, well they do that. That's great and then they proceed to cover it up entirely. This is what I'll call an active Xenithol, because this here is all wet. If I start putting lighter colors into this, they mix together. Whereas what they're doing is they're just painting over the top of it till it's gone. Here, we're actually using our preglaze, our Xenithol, actually to, to influence the subsequent colors. Now here, I'll start wiping some of this away. Again, you can see that some of that is left behind. These are latex-free makeup sponges. You want to get the latex-free kind because these aren't crumbly. The other kind are very crumbly. They'll get kind of caught on sharp bits. And as you can see, this has been chopped up into several pieces. I used to sit there and do this and not be able to get it in any of the corners, make a big old right? because there's paint all over the place. Then I realized, yeah, that's kind of stupid. Why don't I just chop them into smaller pieces? And that has been really... Fabulous, especially these the smaller ones because then I can get into those harder to reach areas. So now as you can see This is our non object source lit area that's set on both of these the on-camera lighting and then the off-camera Now we got to start getting to the the main event the object source lighting These are just craft brushes here. I can get a set of 12 of these at Hobby Lobby the price has been arranged to an astronomical $6 for 12 instead of $5 for 12. This is great because I'll use these eventually when they start getting destroyed and beat up, I'll just start using them for glue and for rough things like what we're doing now. So, we're actually taking some red paint, that's a naphthol red. We're taking some of that, and now we're going to start to put in some of our darker object source light color here. There's also a little bit of thinner
0: working its way into this i like how your you know your your brush strokes are very very you know purposeful and they're so detailed and so precise for people i understand um making a joke you just slathering the stuff on it, it it's
1: uh whenever i get rated on twitch and it's the proverbial you know 70 person raid or something like that it's. I always want to see how many of them flee in terror or just, like, try to rip out their eyeballs because they can't watch because it's just too hideous. <laughs> because it's the we call it the glorious, messy preglaze because it is insanely messy. It's very dirty and nasty, but it's uh, very essential. Now Yeah, here I mean, I can you're see, just
0: blocking out colors pretty much.
1: That's all we're trying to do here. And here I can see a couple of areas that maybe don't necessarily get the lighting in, so I can actually... Hit some of those after the fact here. Nothing is set in stone at all yet. Of course, that means you could literally wipe a lot of this stuff away if you just didn't like it, even at this stage. So here, and then we'll just kind of uh, leave him in his gloriously hideous state. And then we'll move on to Mr. Dorf This guy over here. And obviously, we got a lot of stuff here on the base to do. Uh, this is the same bulletin board cork that you just got for yourself. Oh, yeah. Typically, I think, uh, gosh, you have to get it like a four-pack or something like that. Oh, and yeah. I think it's about $16, 20 for the four-pack. That will last you forever. And it can work with terrain. I use that stuff for terrain all the time.
0: So yeah, I think I got it on Amazon for about $16, and it came in a four-pack.
1: That's about it. And it's amazing stuff. I, and It's really durable. And the nice thing is you can save all of it. I used to kind of chuck away the little pieces and stuff until I realized it makes excellent rocks. Like the individual pieces that you rip off sometimes will make fantastic rocks. So uh, now I kind of save all of that stuff. Again, used to get rid of some of it. Now I actually save all the little pieces. I I have like little Tupperware containers filled with just little pieces of bulletin board cork.
0: Oh, yeah. I have little Ziploc baggies full of bits of things that are broken off.
1: Actually, speaking of which, well, also last time I was on, remember this. This is for the Ranger uh, Vanguard. That's just bulletin board cork with some 3D printed bits. All of these are just little scrap bits of the bulletin board cork that normally I would have thrown away. Instead, I kept them and used them as little rock piles. And it just looks, who would have thought that a, Basically, a chunk of wood could look so rock-like, but it does. It's weird. It's really weird. Uh, now here we got to get.
0: Night, Danny. Thanks for watching.
1: Some of our light there, so here you can see what's already starting to have an effect. Right, just in a matter of seconds here, we already have something that is starting to look well, at least orangey. It looks vaguely orange there. Back over to this guy, now I won't really be wiping away too much of this. I just want to make sure there's not too much paint sitting on here. not too much paint Now that sometimes the hardest thing for people to get past is visually this stage where it just well, it looks like ass <laughs> 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 you know, without these-
0: saying it, but yeah it, it looks like you've took a size you know 600 brush and just slapped everything on there
1: which is exactly what we done. That's what we did, because it's glorious. Now, let's see, we wiped some of that away. We're going to let that set. We'll come back over here to our our illustrious dwarf here again. Take some of the extra off of that. Like so. There. Come back to this guy. Now we can start thinking about actual... So let's take some of our fluorescent orange, maybe even a little bit of the fluorescent yellow. And let's start to go a little bit lighter, and then it's going to look a little more like actual object source lighting anyways. Here, let's uh, start to pile this in maybe a little more of our yellow. A little more of that yellow. We don't want to get too yellow too quick, though. And as you can see, look at all that darker paint that's on my brush. It's going to start, it happens fast. All of a sudden, next thing you know, a lot of your this or this darker red has already mixed into what you're doing. So here, already that should very quickly start to look like some form of lighting. And uh, that took a few seconds to get to that point just a matter of seconds now we'll get back to our orange here and we're just going to start heating this guy up again setting rohan on fire death to the straw heads which i'm just assuming the whole uh, point behind that particular pejorative there is their they have the horse's mane plumes on their helmets So unless they're all blonde, I don't know. I don't think everybody in Rohan is blonde-haired. Maybe they are. Maybe that's why they call them strawheads. But, you know, look at me being the walking Silmarillion, having never actually read the books. But yet I know what the Dunlending swear word for uh, Rohan are. All right. So uh, I would think that some folks, they could see this and say, oh, wait a minute. That's all I have to do? Seriously, this is the big scary object source lighting thing. Not so scary. Not so scary. And the nice thing is there's plenty of acrylic fluorescent paints. This is the same thing I would do with acrylics. Obviously, you don't have quite the same advantage with the wet-into-wet mixing. Well, I guess it depends on how fast you work. But uh, Golden makes fluorescent paint. Actually, Vallejo made fluorescent acrylic paints too. So... You're not just, you know, if you only want to do this in acrylics, do it in acrylics.
0: Uh, scale 75 has uh, fluorescent colors too?
1: I They do, but they were not magnificent. Uh, that, actually, they were some of the few Scale 75 acrylic colors I ever tried. And I definitely preferred the, actually the golden Fluorescence, and I oh, know Kathy, yeah. Kathy was using those. They're just way more... They're actually they're thinner, and they're just a little bit more... Potent. They don't have quite that thickness to them. The Scale 75 and even the Green Stuff World fluorescents were just kind of weak by comparison, really. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to let that set because we haven't gotten the brightest flame color in here. This is practically almost just a middle tone. Now, the other thing that'll be fun to do... Let's get to our film noir here. So let's get him centered up on screen. Take away the color. Now it's just, so this is another thing that you can do. Uh, maybe take a picture of it with your phone and then kind of compare it to what your regular lights and darks look like. Because if these highlights are lighter than your fire, well, your fire is going to look a little dingy. <laughs> it's like, uh, did your fire get dirty or something? Uh, it doesn't look quite as light as your lightest highlight. So that's something to think about. When you're doing your object source lighting, we'll bring our color back. We'll bring this guy back so we can already see the difference. Just adding a quick couple of brush strokes of lighter orange there. Guess what? Going to do the same to this lad over here. A little bit of that fluorescent, big old filbert brush. And away we go with some lava-style underlighting here. The key with the oils is the timing, though. If you just keep hammering away at the same piece, piling that paint on there, well, lots of not good things will happen. It'll take forever to dry. It'll be more difficult to get your next paint layers on there. Uh, None of them things are stuff you want. So less is more, and more is way too much. That's when when you were talking about how you were just going to be dry brushing. I spend most of my time with the oils practically just dry brushing like this light grip on the brush none of this here none of this death grip on the brush light grip here have at it with a little bit of the dry brushy type stuff none of this is going to be the final colors here that's not what we're looking to do we're just looking to sketch this out oh that's the other thing that all the cool kids say they're sketching yes they're sketching me i'm just dry brushing some light stuff on here that's uh you can tell I'm really big into buzzwords and fancy stuff. That's <laughs> That just pinky up, that suits me to a T. Yeah. All right, here's some more of our lighter orange there. I'll get along the side of this tower shield. Like so. And then we'll just let him have a chance to set. Mr. Dunlending comes back around. Another filbert brush Because oh, wait a minute. We got this non-object source lit side. I want to do some stuff with that. So here, we'll get some lighter blue here. Mix that up with the indigo. And by dry brush, that's how dry we're talking. There is very little paint on here. Remember we were talking about that pre-glaze and how it's wet? Shazam. Looked like there was no paint on that brush. Well, there's more than you thought. Otherwise, no way that's happening. So you can see, all oh, it already. There's all this mixing that's happening here, whereas when you do this with acrylics, well, it's going to leave that distinctive texture behind, and it it is a very distinctive texture. Uh, Not so much with the oils, because you're literally putting wet paint on top of wet paint, so you won't have that same effect. we got skin tone and some other colors to do here. Let's get the... This is our dark green for our Dunlendings here again. We'll just start to gently draw brush in a wee smidge of that. A wee smidge? Uh, a wee is that, smidge. That, is that technical and scientific? It's super technical. It's less than a touch. A smidge is also more than a bit. The thing is that the measurements change constantly, and we reserve the right to change them constantly. So the names stay the same, but the measurement itself is constantly changing. So basically just guess. That's a... Uh, that's what all of those things are. It's kind of like the Cajun chef. and just You're just throwing a smidge of this and a pinch of that and a touch of something else.
0: I'm upset that you didn't go borka, borka, borka and do that.
1: <laughs> all right, let's get up some skin tone. Oh, look at this. There's green and terra rosa on the brush at the same time. Yay. It's got some skin tone now. Uh, up here, we're going to have to get some of that same darker green. Right up there. So now the shield starts to look a bit more round. Hey, now Blades. Have some... Oh, hey, Blades. All right, so let's uh, lighten up that top part of the shield just a smidge or a touch or a bit. It's all just guessing, so it's your choice. So you can see now that the shield's got more and more roundness to it. Uh, let's attack this with some more. Lighter tones here. Uh, there's some fur going on here, probably. Got some fur going on here. He's got some stripy pants because they might be done lendings. They might be uncivilized, but yet they can
0: still be posh. You may need a fire. They can extinguisher still be quite for that posh many. for done Thank Painterly Git for the bits. We appreciate it.
1: Hey, Painterly Git, nice to see you too. We have your Git Kit here that was sent to us. Some quickie little stripes right there. Now let's head back on over to our object source lit area. Uh, Another thing that people (laughs) kind of sometimes have to learn the hard way with the oils is that you can thin the oils. You cannot dilute them. This brilliant yellow pail here, you could make it 95% thinner. And yet, when we put it on here, it's still really yellow pale. Unlike every acrylic color, where it's just going to be like, what's that weird little milky light color you have? (laughs) So here, there's a... Now we can really start to fire in some actual fiery stuff. There. Boom. So... Thank you for the bits. Appreciate it. There. And now we can maybe get a little bit less of the Lighter color in there and start uh, doing some lighter things here. Of course, metal is going to reflect more light. It's going to be just uh, a bit more sparkly and shiny, more so than cloth. So for sure here, we're probably going to go with more of our lighter color than, say, maybe on the cloth over here. Always something to think about. Get some on the helmet here, and uh, we got the scale mail over here. Maybe a touch there on the metal into that sword let's get some more of
0: our yellowy stuff in here too that yellow is very i'm sure it's kind of bleeding washing out because of the camera but it's very white yellow it's a well you want your the center of your flame
1: right to be practically well what is flame Uh, it's it could be blue hot the the hotter it is the cooler the color so when I did the, the Balrog, actually some of the very first colors I put on it was a bluish white in the hottest areas. Then is that the further you get away from it, that's why you know, like a red supergiant is actually much cooler than well, a blue supergiant. Those are the ones that burn really hot and just go boom, like after a hundred thousand years. Cause they are just they are smoking hot, but yet they're a cool color. So here the closer we are to the flames. The more of the yellow-ish orange we're going to get, and you can see we've we've spent almost no time oh over here. My. We've spent most of our time developing this over here, and it didn't take very long, did it?
0: This is uh, no, uh, it's that, so that's why in a hurry. That's the reason why I, you know I have never used oils. I do want to try. Uh, I've got plenty of unpainted miniatures that I could do that with, but. If I were to buy a set of oil paints and I just want to buy a set just so I can test out to see if I want to do it, what set do you really think it should be a good you know, test out? There's a few
1: that you can get. Now, this is the only the six-color one, but the Winton color, it's from Windsor Newton. That's basically, again, the student-grade version of the paints I use all the time. You could get the 10-color set uh, for about, say 24 26 bucks on amazon or you walk over to michael's with a 40 percent off coupon and get it for even less gamlin also has a color set i think it's nine colors uh they're pretty much the same because i've asked other folks that have gotten those they say yeah they're about the same as the Wintons. now if you do want to try and kind of go towards the genuine artist oils from the get-go williamsburg does sell starter sets it is. It's not like student grade color. It's the. It's the real. It's the real deal, just in very small tubes. Well, guess what? You don't need giant tubes, really. Especially if you're just getting started. I would suggest getting them off of Dick Blick because there's always some kind of sale going on. You know, Dick Blick. I think now they have free shipping, 45 bucks or more. You could potentially get 10 Dick Blick colors for between 39, 40 dollars. That's pretty darn good when you're you're talking about some of the best oil paints out there. And it's, it, they have several different starter sets. Uh, I think I usually tend to choose the Modern Colors starter set. It just has some of the, the colors that we use. You don't have to get that one necessarily, but that's a, not a bad way. If you want to get like the real deal, but yet not have to pay for 10 full-on tubes of oil paints, that is another option. I think other companies also have starter sets. You could kind of research those the main thing is just don't go somewhere and get, you know, Jerry's oil Arama, 50 tubes for three bucks. That's uh, what? basically what you could do is just take the oil out of there and melt down the metal. You have like the metal tubes. You get more money for the metal tubes. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, definitely don't get the super, super cheap stuff. That's just not going to end well for you, unfortunately. And uh, I always try to tell people that. And sometimes they just, oh, hey, look at this. And it's got like 200 tubes of paint in it, and I'll say, "Did that cost you about 15 bucks?" And they say, "Yeah, man." And I say, "Well, uh, that and 15 bucks would have gotten you 15 bucks. So yeah, you might want to uh, try to get yourself some regular stuff. You'll be a little bit less disappointed. Uh, And of course, you could start with just a very simple miniature, uh, very limited color scheme." This was my uh, classroom miniature at Adepticon this year. And this is all they had to work with were these six colors. This is it. And those 10 people created 10 massively different versions. Some of them had green dresses. Some of them had purple dresses. I mean, it was amazing. Different skin tones, different hair colors, just using these very simple six colors right here. So you don't need a whole ton of colors when you're first starting out with the oils. Keep it simple, keep it simple. And you can already see, again, we've, uh, we're already getting into pretty much where we were here. Now maybe we can start to develop the other side in a bit. We want this stuff to have a chance to set. We don't want to take that too far. We want to see what our ambient light is also going to look like here. Now I'm looking here, this is pretty much blocking any light from touching that. This, though, can still see some hitting it over there. So there we go. And maybe a smidge more over there on the helmet. And then we'll just sort of uh, leave this be for a bit now. Get over here. Start working on some of the non-object source-lit stuff. And of course, the key is all the orangey stuff here. You can see a dingy green. Here, let's get to some metal colors here. Maybe this, some of the indigo here. And start to maybe find some light lighter colors on these metals same thing with his axe up here there we go and you can see we're not layering this is some of these colors were dramatically lighter or darker than what was already there because you have wet paint there to work with i i know that i'll see it sometimes uh people say man you know what it, it took a hundred years for this thing to dry, and I say, well, did you do a bunch of layers? Did you do a base coat like you would with acrylics? And they said, yeah. And I said, well, there you go. You just uh, you don't want to be doing that type of a base coat type thing. And uh, it's it's hard because it's instinct, right? That's what you've done your entire painting life. Well, now you just you don't need to bother with that. You can save that precious time. Now you can see why doing an entire army of these guys, and it's not just a viable thing. It's almost, I'm telling you, my Moria goblins, uh, the Balrog, all the goblins, all were done with that same type of color scheme. Where's my, uh, well, oh, here they are. So this is uh, the Warg marauders from, again, part of the Moria army. So instead of having to paint all of these different greens and browns and everything else, this whole side of the war and the three gobos was just orange. Saved myself a heap and ton of time. And it's not just for fantasy stuff. Sister of Battle, same way. Got the gold armor here. Lots of that the the flamey skull there reflecting onto her armor. So it doesn't matter what the genre is. Doesn't matter what the color is. Magenta, green, purple. I've done every color of object source lighting. Some are easier than others. Uh, Probably the easiest is the orange, the firelight. I would say purple is probably the most difficult. Green, not too bad. Blue can also be a little bit tricksy. And we did this one on stream as well. Uh, Because blue is just by itself is not necessarily the most bright color. Orange, people, your brain just associates orange with something bright and fiery. It doesn't usually see blue as a light source. Uh, green, sometimes-ish, maybe. So that's just another thing to keep in mind. Uh, I guess, too, when it comes to making object source lighting, when the guy is maybe wearing a white robe, uh, I think you've, you've ever heard me use the term object source shading? That's where people say, well, the light source is blue, but they're wearing a white cloak. So the cloak is white, and then the light source is like this weird dark blue color and you're wondering so why is the light source darker than what he's wearing i think we did that well here with this uh gandalf right here so there's a little bit of glow here you can see it very easily on his hat not so much here because that robe is not terribly uh dark is it but go into a darkened room wear a white t-shirt shine a flashlight on yourself guess what your white t-shirt it's not so white anymore so just a little something to keep in mind that just because they're wearing something that's light, it doesn't mean that the light source is not gonna be creating a ton of shadows on that. So just something you might wanna keep in mind. Uh, let me just grab another little, one of my filberts here. Now here's another thing that's always fun is uh, casting some shadows. I think we did it here. So again, flamey light source there. You can see the light source comes through the legs here and shines down the rest of the base. I think we can sneak some of that in on this right here. So it's gonna come through here just a smidge. Now where's my orange here? Just grab some of this and have some of that kind of leech its way through. Not everywhere, because here we would probably be casting some kind of a shadow. Now, there's those little... Oh, gosh, do I have any of them here? No. Those tiny little flashlights, I think I told you about those. Oh, yeah. They come in a few different colors, red, green, blue. You could literally shine those on the miniature, and that could kind of give you a bit of a hint as to where the light might actually be hitting the figure. So that's uh, something to think about, too, as a little bit of a guide. Heck, I think phone cameras have little lights on them now you could practically just shine your phone camera light at the miniature and do something similar now here I can see I need to get some orange into there what do we have on the brush not orange we're gonna go and get some of that that's the scale mail we need to make sure that is light enough here give me that fluorescent orange here his belt probably and then all of these little Pieces of scale mail. This is a really old figure. I'm pretty sure that these metal done landings came out in 2005. So needless to say, they're not the crispest cast in the world, which uh, can make that a little bit more challenging. Uh, still, I would have to say that most of the Lord of the Rings range is still potentially metal, depending on what kind of army that you're doing. Uh, now there's more and more Forge World stuff. Uh, all the new Easterling stuff has all been Forge World and actually we've got our so, oh here we go so there's one of our Easterlings flamey Skulls, oh look all the gold, all the blue here you turn it around, poof object source lighting sometimes where you place your object source light can really raise the drama of it or make it really boring we've got multiple <laughs> light sources So uh, here's uh, Aragorn, Strider, whatever. At a certain point though, sometimes you have to just kind of not go too crazy with the object source lighting. Otherwise he'd all just be orange. I mean, he would literally just be looking like he's uh, been nuclear blasted or something. So sometimes you just gotta back away from the lighting just a bit. All right, so hopefully we can see this on camera here. I know it's a little bit difficult with that shield being in the way, but I think now we're pretty well set on all the sneaky cheeky orange light in here. Now let's see, I'm looking it says seven fifty three, so we've really only been painting this for what, a half an hour ish, thirty five minutes tops.
0: And it looks better than ninety percent of the stuff I've ever painted in my entire life.
1: But object source lighting <laughs> though, right? I basically didn't have to paint this half. All I had to do was just like Okay, it's close to the fire. I'll slap some lighter orange on there. It's almost like no-brainer stuff here. This you kind of have to think a little bit more. Okay, what am I doing? Bluish grays here. I got skin tone over here. This right here is just whatever, right? Doesn't matter. Paint it, whatever. Now, I might go back in there with some darker reds, I think. But those are the kind of things that you can just sort of reassess. Now, here, what I've been doing with my done landings, is actually making some firelight on the horizon line on their helmets. So, like, they've been setting things on fire, like, oh, I don't know, Rohan. Because uh, straw burns really good, and horses have lots of hay around them. So, uh, it's, a, it's a very flammable society. Also, I'll never forget the guy that does the historical stuff. Uh, talks about castles and such. And he's going over the stuff for obviously Lord of the Rings, and he says, so why in the world are these guys using wooden walls? Like, have they not developed how to, like, put one rock on top of another rock? <laughs> what, what do they think those wooden walls are really going to do? Are they going to stop a, a Mooma kill or something like that? I guess we'll find out in 2024 with the uh, War of the Rohirrim movie. I really wish that were coming out sooner. Uh, And I'm I'm sure there'll be done lendings. Well, there will be because uh, Helm Hammerhand is going to be featured very strongly. Now, what are we doing here? A little bit of a horizon line. See that darker horizon line? Up here, we're going to get some blue. Up here, we got no edge. Remember we were talking before about just slapping some paint down there, getting another brush, and doing something like this. All I did was tap, tap, tap. We just soften that whole edge in a second. Now, over here, you can see we got some brush strokes happening here. Well, how's about we make those go away? All I had to do was just tap, tap, tap. Same thing over here. I'll have people ask me, so can I put oils through an airbrush? My first answer is, for God's sakes, no. (laughs) Second answer is, why, when you can do what we're doing here, right? I mean, that is so much easier than fooling around with an airbrush. No masking is necessary, no airbrush filters or any of that kind of stuff. Why do we want to deal with all that extra hassle when we could just do it the easy way? Now here we're actually going to be able to make even more dramatic firelight by making a shadow here. Let's get a little bit more of that uh, naphthol red. Another shadow over here. Poof. You must have dark to show the light. No, I'm, I'm, I know it was Bill Alexander that said that, but I'm pretty sure Bob Ross probably continued that expression too. You can make stuff as light as you want. As, once you've gone to white, you've got nowhere else to go. So you might as well just make things darker. And that's what we're doing here. So by increasing the darks, boom. We haven't touched it with any more lighter color. Didn't have to. We just said, eh, let's just uh, let those darks take over. More shadow over here, I think. Oh, these these brushes right here, these liner brushes. I think Cotman is pretty much about the same. They're just regular synthetic brushes. Should be about five-ish bucks on Dick Blick or Jerry's Artarama or Michaels or whatever. They are not super expensive brushes. Gave up on the sable stuff a long time ago. The the quality control on those just went south really fast. And then I don't even know if you can get those. Especially now with the current state of Europe and uh, where sable comes from. At least Kalinske sable. Uh, I'm not even sure if you can get that stuff anymore. So we're just using regular old not sable brushes. Oh I just use this here again. Soften that up. Nice and easy. Got some cuts in the shield here. Might even still try to get a little more uh light color on the top of that shield, but the boss that also needs to be a little lighter here. Prussian blue. Right there on the top of the boss. And then get a little bit lighter here. Again, the ambient light, we don't want that to be lighter than the fire light. It it could be a little bit of a tricky balance, but...
0: Uh-oh. Oh, Oh, no, I'm all by myself. Oh, there you go. I have a heart attack, Jim. You left me alone. What? You're like, you froze up for a second. (laughs)
1: Let's keep going with our lights there. Boom. Maybe some lights over here on the fur. Oh, we need a whole bunch of darks over there. Okay. All right. Well, good, good, good to know. I'm just going to take this brush right here. Maybe not that one. Maybe we'll use this one. Yeah. Van Dyke Brown. Poof. Okay, that's better. Now, we also need some some uh, darks up here, too, because the firelight really shouldn't be going all the way up there. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So we'll get rid of some of that firelight. Take some of that away. Hopefully you're making good progress on all your dry brushy stuff over there.
0: I got it. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Twenty six of them done. That's
1: what you want to be hearing. Because, uh, I get, uh, sorry that, uh, we can't join you for Warfare Weekend, but maybe we can try and do some sort of, uh, some sort of virtual painting thing or something like that for folks that are hanging out there. And, uh, I know that you've been working really hard uh, working on a convention like that. That's a year-round type of thing.
0: Yeah, well, I've got – everything's ready. So our ticket sales are going on sale on Saturday. Um, And I already have people saying, hey, I can't make it. Can I buy a VIG and, you know, have someone pick it up there? And I'm like, "Mm, yeah, you just got to let me know who's going to be picking it up and, you know, provide the information. But for the most part, yeah. Because it seems like some people just want to buy the VIG so they can get the swag bags.
1: That's always a big thing in Adepticon. I remember the early days of years ago where it just first come, first serve. Oh, yeah. showed up early. And at first it was people would show up maybe Friday afternoon. Then all of a sudden they're showing up Thursday afternoon. And I, I swear that convention is going to start, like, the previous weekend or something. It just, it practically, there's there's stuff on Wednesday now, I think.
0: Yeah, now, we actually started something on uh, Thursday now. Um, some people asked about if they could do Thursday paint classes, you know, Thursday night. And I'm like, well, we have those rooms available, um, you know, 7 o'clock at night. I mean, we let people, you know, pick up their badges, you know, 7 or 8 o'clock at night on thursday and so everybody's like can we do classes on thursday night i'm like i don't see why not and so i mean we don't do any tournaments or any you know tabletop stuff because we're setting up the convention but we definitely allow painters to come in and do that type of stuff that uh
1: well yeah and of course uh sometimes even if it now is there like a open paint area i guess that's the
0: We do have a, aka Fort Wapple area now, Um, and um, I I would say that one of the cool things besides not besides having an official, you know, hobby room because it actually can be locked up and everything, the um, one of our sponsors is providing a whole rack of paint, so pretty much like ten or whatever of every color of paint they have. And um, the uh, paint company is Duncan Rhodes' Two Thin Coats Paint Line. They, are giving, they gave us an entire rack of paint for our hobby um, lounge. A, one set of paint for each of our classrooms. So three sets of paints there. And then uh, a set of paint for our paint and take area slash um, speed painting competition.
1: Have you had a chance to mess with that stuff at all and see if you like it or not?
0: Uh, yes, I have. Um, I like it. Uh, one thing that uh, I've noticed, I got to test it out and everything, was their paint is a little bit thick. But I would rather have thicker paint than thinner paint. Um, but it's not – I mean, I, we thin down our paints anyway. So, you know, for the most part, because they are acrylics. They're not oils or anything. So, I mean, there's no no issues with it. Um but I kind of asked them, I was like, why, you know, why did y'all decide to go with a thicker instead of, you know, a thinner? And, it's, and the thing is, is it's not any thicker than anybody else's. You just, once you've been using paint for a while, you kind of get that feel. And they were like, well, we want you to be able to thin it to the consistency you want instead of having a thin paint and either trying to bulk it up or, you know, just not buying it because it's too thin. That's what we've been
1: talking about with the oils and, for example, things like the scale 75 oils that they have thinned down already with all that extra linseed oil. And uh, what would the oh, D add? Yes, you can add it very easily. D adding it is very hard. You yeah. you can't put less linseed oil in something that's already got a ton of it. So that, that's a kind of a frustration that I have. And it, it's not just miniature paints. There's other regular artist oils. They do the same thing. They just chalk them full of linseed oil and, I can understand it out of the tube. It does feel really soft and smooth, and that, it seems like that would be easier. It ultimately, it can kind of make things more difficult,
0: Yeah, yeah especially but I mean, when
1: it comes to the miniatures.
0: Um, like I guess and they're not—they're good paints. Um, they, you know, they're a little bit thicker than normal. But I would rather have a thicker paint than a thinner paint, in my opinion. Uh, that way, I can thin it down to the consistency I want. So we're, you know, people will have... And they'll be there as a vendor to sell their entire paint line, too. Um, Captain Mizzy, I'm pretty sure the hotel's going to let us set up as early as we can on Thursday. Because, yeah, that was so much easier. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I haven't had a chance. So they'll be there to sell their their paint line. They'll be there to... You can test it out in the Hobby Lounge. You can test it out uh, in every one of your classes. In the three hobby class classrooms we have and also in our paint and take area you can uh, use it there so everybody have a chance to test it out before um, they buy it which would be cool and it also helps our painters because then our painters don't have to fly with paints <laughs> and that's always a big pain in the butt um, so they could bring just a few paints like if they're doing certain... You know, class that has a certain paint that is they don't have. Of course, they're going to bring it. But if you just need basic colors and stuff, you've got you've got that whole thing right there. So everybody's going to get a chance to use them and buy them. Um, it'll be kind of neat. I can't wait to see. Can't wait to have that hobby lounge all decked out because we actually spoke with our unofficial official hobby group um, and set up the classroom. It's kind of like. Um, which I'll have, um, it's blocked off. So, you know, raised there, but, uh, it's set in a big, you know, not a horseshoe, but two big L's next to each other, kind of like this, you know, where everybody, you know, can sit around, but it's like these two, it's like this long rectangle. So it'll be interesting. Um, they've been asking for it for quite a few years. And we couldn't justify it because, you know, it's even though while they're there and they are paying a ticket, you get more from people that buy other type of tickets mm-hmm. and our badges, I should say. Um, but they are donating supplies and donating material. And I was like, OK, you're 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 cutting my costs, which makes it even better. Um, and they're a really group great group of people that are the the people that are doing it. Um, they actually donated, uh, one of the people donated a whole brand new computer to the convention so we could do streaming. Um, and then uh, they're buying lights for the classrooms, you know, little tabletop lights to put in the classroom, which we're we're desperately needing and they're so expensive. Um, it's like 500 to $800 just for like Forty lights, because everybody's you know kind of picky on their lights, but you know they see the benefit of it, and so we go with it, and everything hunky dory, really good. Um, I know, man, we've got so many painters this year, and so many classes. Not even funny. Um, Rainer seventy two is going to be there, and Pending Duff is going to be there teaching. These are all of our teachers. Uh, of course, Metalhead Minis, um, Epic uh duck is going to be there um he's going to be doing a lot of uh what you call it uh comic style painting um who else captain madlove is going to be doing some painting um man uh clay williams is going to be doing uh, uh, some painting danny Samuelson's, samuelson is going to be doing some crafting items and such so we've got you know we've got quite a few painter artists doing some cool stuff so i can't wait for it it's always a good thing and our painting badges are much cheaper than the regular badge one of the things that we did this uh, we did last year and it turned out to be a really big success i think captain busy for the link um was you can buy the weekend badge and let you play in every tournament, every event, buy tickets to the thing. But a lot of our painters is like, we don't, we're not, we don't want to play in the tournaments. We don't want to do this. We just want to take a bunch of hobby classes and hang out in the hobby lounge. And I'm like, okay. So we we're like, you got to buy a $35 badge and it lets you partake in all the free goodies and, you know, contests and the painting competition, but it doesn't let you participate in any of tournaments and let you buy, you know, classes So, you know, instead of dishing out $75 and then buying two classes, you get to buy a $35 badge and take four classes because it's a little bit cheaper on the pocketbook type thing. So, um, that was one of the things Because we don't offer a day pass. We only offer full weekends. It's too much of a hassle to, um, do that, especially when we have some tournaments that last two days. And setting up a system going, oh, well, you only can, you can't buy this, uh, you can't play in this tournament because this tournament is only for Saturday and Sunday. And you, brought a, you bought a Friday and Saturday badge. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like one badge and you get to play everything. So much cheaper, too, on the pocketbook. 75 bucks, play everything. Or, you know, some events are 50 bucks and then 20 bucks for one tournament.
1: There wouldn't happen to be a... a it's probably not a Middle-earth uh, tournament there. I just saw, actually, that was a local game store here. They were doing a Lord of the Rings tournament just, I guess, this last weekend or something. Man. And uh, usually, I'm always thinking that's that's Australia. Australia is like <laughs> the hotbed for the, the big tournament scene where you'll have 120 players show up or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I know there's a couple of conventions here in the U.S. I, I know Adepticon has a small Lord of the Rings tournament. Uh, unfortunately, well, when I'm doing conventions, tournaments are out because I'm always uh, doing the, the miniature painting stuff.
0: What? No, not you.
1: Yeah, it's so always like, uh, oh, a couple of years ago, uh, this was the year before the pandemic stuff, there were people that wanted me to sneak me into the bold action tournament at Adepticon and I said, look, that just ain't going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> tournaments take, they're an all day type of a thing. Yeah. There's just no way to combo that, unfortunately.
0: Well, let's go ahead and get over to our media sections uh, while Jim kind of does uh, some more touching up and detailing on his miniature. And we will talk about the, uh, da, 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 da. So, So, um, Jim, you and I have one together that we can go ahead and talk about. And, of course, we're still going to do spoiler-free because um, not everybody's seen it. Uh, this last weekend was the finale of The Boys. And while I really, really like the boys, and I think the the show is really good, they to me seems like it needs to start wrapping up like next season or maybe two seasons, And I think after that, it's gonna start like jumping the shark in the proverbial words that they need to you know finish up the story, you know, and get to the fucking monkey, basically. Uh, I really enjoyed this episode. Uh there was some good character development. The uh, people were very happy with everything. It, you're you're kind of right, Mo. It was more like we're it's like they're setting the stage for the next season. It was an entire season dedicated to setting the stage for next season. Um Was it bad? No. Was it their best? Uh not really. But I'm ready. I, I I'm ready for the story. I don't. I'm not saying ready for the story to be over with, but ready for them to get to the story and get to the finale because I can see if they keep on going with this, it's just going to take forever to get done, and, and it's just going to be like, oh, another b- season of the boys came out. Yeah, Xander, I, I I agree with you. I think two seasons and we're done, which be which I'm okay with. I I, I don't have a problem with that whatsoever. Um, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. So what did you think about this episode or this episode slash season?
1: Actually, well, in some ways the episode, it kind of had the same frustration level as the rest of the season where you would say, wow, that's pretty, oh my gosh, what they just do. Again, it was kind of like you're eating some delicious, uh, Moose tracks ice cream or something like that. And you got those <laughs> little chocolate bits in there. It's like, wait a minute, who put a little turd in here? it's like does that taste like a turd yeah they snuck a little turd in here and it just they've been kind of doing that all season where sometimes there would be some weird frivolous kind of thing or maybe a little bit more of an awkward thing in the middle of something that was pretty darn good and also i was thinking this is the end of the whole thing i was like there can't be any more seasons after this you're already kind of pushing the limit of stories because it's going to run into like the that one season of The Expanse where it was a 10-episode season with like an episode and a half of actual story, yet they just stretched it out for 10 episodes. And I was kind of hoping it would be more like the last season of The Expanse, where only six episodes, and they told more story than the previous two seasons combined. And I'm just worried that it's like, oh, guys, look, you've, you've kind of gone as far as you can with this. And I was kind of hoping that would just be the end of it. It was weird because you would like it to, in a way, continue because I don't watch very many shows at all. But then I also was kind of hoping, well, maybe this is the end of it. They're not going to drag this out and just kind of, well, like you say, jump the shark multiple times. And that's kind of my concern is that that might start happening. It's like, where else can they go? You could see all the setup that was happening. I was really dreading that, oh, my gosh, there's going to be a whole other season of this. I just can't, there's there's a little bit of whiny factor that happens. And yeah. I can only, uh, yeah, that was what season five of The Expanse was just hour after hour of whining. And it was really getting on my nerves. And I was just kind of hoping this would not go in that direction. Because uh, uh, it, it kind of had that little bit of, uh, what would you say, it was a little irreverence. It's been a while since I've seen anything that had irreverence to it. And it, it seemed like sometimes they were willing to keep going with that, and other times they sort of sidestepped it. I was like, wait a minute, why, why are you suddenly sidestepping a, an opportunity for irreverence here? And I wasn't, it was like, what's going on with that? So it was a little bit on the frustrating side. Uh, it was, this season was definitely better than the last one, no doubt. I think most people are pretty much thinking that, that this, this season was better than the season two.
0: Yeah, I like this. And I think that, you know, they're going to be getting to the end. This was like a pure setup for the entire series ending, in my opinion, which I'm okay with. Uh, but yeah, there was like, okay, yeah, yep, yep, okay, cool, cool, cool. And then you're like, yep, just like ready ready to get it done. Let, let, let's get finale to the season, in my opinion. Um, or the series, for the better part. Um, there was a few good scenes, nothing outrageous, uh, in those, but you know, there definitely was, some scenes that were like, holy fuck, I can't believe that they did that. You know, it was just crazy, crazy shit. And they even say this it was like, nobody should be really watching this because there's, there's no need to, <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> um, it was enjoyable. Uh, like I said, I am ready for the next season and the eventual, you know, ending to the series because you can only go so far with this before it is. But with that said, we also have the spinoff coming, which is going to be University V, um, which is going to be pretty much college. Um, the boys, in a way. Uh, we don't know. I don't know all the full details, but there's a spinoff called uh, University V, and I'm guessing it's about college superheroes. So, don't know where that's going to go. We'll just have to wait and see. Um, I wanted to do one uh, before we do our other one that we had together. Um, I started... So, I I saw an ad saying that season three of Harley Quinn on HBO Max was coming out. I was like, man, I need to finish that. I only started season one and watched a few episodes on HBO Max. It is a cartoon. Um, And I really 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 enjoyed this it is pretty much the same thing as you know what you would think very inappropriate type stuff but very funny um very you know slapstick very in your face type comedy i mean it not harley quinn based on the way she's portrayed now uh in the movies and tv shows um and it's, like, Harley Quinn, her group of bad guys, Poison Ivy. Uh, there are a few episodes about Batman in there and Commissioner Gordon. But for the most part, it's, you know, it's the Harley Quinn show. And it's pretty good. I was really impressed. Um, they do some in-the-face stuff that just, you know, you're like, holy shit. Did they really just... Yep, they made... Yep, it's a giant vagina. Yep. hmm Okay. <laughs> type thing. But, I mean well worth it, well fun, um, ready to see what they do in season three. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, I would give season one and season two probably like one and a half space herpes because there was a couple episodes that were just kind of like, eh, but for the most part it was very enjoyable and very fun. Jim, do you want to talk about the other one, uh, one we have in common or do you want to go with something you saw yourself?
1: I'll let, let's go with the Lord of the Rings, the
0: Rings of Power. Dude, I'm going to tell you right now, uh, yes, it's going to be a TV show, but I can't fucking wait for this. It looks gorgeous. I mean, the characters, I don't know who everybody is right off the top of my head, but I'm looking forward to it. It looks very epic, very, you know, everything going on. It, I'm... I'm all for it. The this is
1: really unique for me uh, because, like when Lord of the Rings first hit the screen, I didn't I never heard of it before. So anything they put in front of me was brand new. I had no preconceived ideas. Same thing with the boys; I had no idea it was until I started watching it. I didn't even know it was a comic book. I had no clue until (laughs) the third season. Like, oh, this was a comic book. Yep. Uh, uh, Loki was another one. I I had no idea what who loki was uh the mandalorian was the same way i I was just so ignorant of any of the backstory this is so different because i have suddenly turned into the walking silmarillion (laughs) and as i see this just all kinds of a that you know the typical 1967 star trek uh, Red Alert Clexon is blaring off going oh my gosh why are they doing this? They didn't have to do this. I mean I can sort of understand why there's certain things they're doing uh, just like you know there was no Prince Imrahil at, uh, at Minas Tirith. They just basically gave all that stuff to Gandalf. Understandable for the movie, it's It's different, different medium so you have to do different things there's just there's some alarm bells here uh, but like we talked about earlier my biggest fear is actually that it's just like how TV shows uh, there's some I oh, want the other one like stranger things you see like a lot of things is say like stranger things got good again
0: mm-hmm.
1: there were people that were given up on that show and all of a sudden it's good again I don't know if this show can survive that where it's it's not so great and then maybe they kind of catch uh, they, they kind of catch their wind or something like that and then it gets better i don't know if it'll be too tainted by then but,
0: i i hope not i mean because we you know this is a young gladriel you know everybody's young this is a very very you know long 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 long, long time ago but i mean warrior princess galadriel yeah there she is <laughs> so it's going to be very interesting i think people are going to have to like step aside and go okay this is not lord of the rings this is, you know, these old characters, you know, we all know where it's going to end eventually, but we don't know the story of how it got there or the minutiae behind it. I guess you could say the more detailed information and I, I'm looking forward to it. Um, you know, it's not coming for another year, but, you know, what they've shown. No, it's coming uh, September
1: 2nd. Oh, is it September second? This, this September, the oh, yeah, anniversary yeah, yeah, right. of Tolkien's right. death, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now, that's
0: what right. they
1: did is they've done a massive time compression because fall of they're combining like fall of Numenor, Galadriel was never on Numenor ever, uh, so there's there's a whole bunch of things, and of course the Harfoots, like there were no hobbits. I, I can understand they want to have hobbits because that's what everyone, you know, the general populace associates with Lord of the Rings is mm-hmm. hobbits, and it was a little bit of, uh, gosh, did you have to put those guys in when there's so many other, fat, like, I would have liked to see more of, like, how did the Easterlings come about? Yeah. Let's go to Middle-earth, let's see where, what Harad was like, let's see what Umbar was like before it was all tainted and evil and such, and it could have, uh, there was just room for so many different cultures Instead of just be like, oh, well, we're stuck with Numenor now.
0: Well, and we don't know. I mean, for right now, that could be what we're doing, and they they eventually get to other parts. That's what I'm saying. I hope that they flesh out the world a bit more and we see more of the characters and we see more of the races and we see more of the world. We just got to wait. We know where the premise is is, and what is going to start out. It's just what else are we going to see?
1: I just wish that I could claim the ignorance like I can claim on every single other <laughs> show. Like, hey, this is really cool. And all the other people are like, this sucks, man. This is wrong and this is wrong. And I'm just like, whatever.
0: <laughs> Don't
1: yeah. know. So I kind of, this is the one time I've lost that ability to just go, all right, whatever they put in front of me, I can just judge it on that. Like like with the boys, I could just judge it as a TV show show as opposed to any kind of faithfulness to the source material or anything. Yeah. So this is, it's going to be really weird for me, a very first time ever for me.
0: It'll be interesting because, I mean, they haven't said that it's a limited series, so we don't know how long it's going to go for.
1: It's five years.
0: Oh, is it, did they say it was going to be a five year, five Uh seasons series? Okay. I, I haven't heard that.
1: Yeah, it's a a five-year arc, and that's that's why people were a little bit concerned because they said, "Wait a minute! Instead of that, they're covering like thousands of years in a matter of episodes, so that it's kind of worrisome about story or character development when you're fast-forwarding." That's hopefully much they, they the only story. do
0: fast-forwarding like between seasons. You know what I'm saying? like season one and then like season two, like a hundred years pass because the elves, of course, a hundred years doesn't mean jack or crap. So hopefully we'll get something of that nature. Cause I that think at that,
1: at that time, Numenorians live about 230 to 350 years, but then you got the middlemen and even those guys, they only live. I mean, they're if they're living to a hundred, that's a miracle. Yeah. So it's a, uh, we'll see how it goes. And obviously I really just hope that it's, at least competent just because I just don't want the whole game of thrones thing where all of a sudden nobody was interested in that. I mean, I never saw it at all, but it seemed like people really just tanked all interest for it by what happened with that final season. Oh yeah. And and I just wouldn't want a a new generation of potential fans of it to be turned off by something, I guess. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, like I said, we'll have to wait and see. Um, Hopefully they do it really well. Like I said, I enjoyed what I saw and I liked what I saw. Um, special effects wise, didn't bother me one bit. Um, costumes and all that didn't bother me one bit. Now if they get the story and the writing down, okay, and hopefully it'll be good because uh, I was really disappointed in um, the Wheel of Time series because that was supposed to be you know the new Lord of the Rings you know type thing and it was pretty bad comparatively
1: that's what everybody says and that that kind of has me concerned. Yeah.
0: So I'm hoping. Um I wanted to give one last one cuz we only got about 3 minutes left. Um so I started watching it's on Netflix, the Resident Evil um TV show. Now Resident Evil based off of course the video game and blah 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 and they're making it into a TV show. And it's kind of a uh there's a bunch of flashbacks, um, type thing. And I've gotten through like three episodes two you know, two episodes and part of a third. And this is bad. This is just not a good TV show. I was, I, I, I don't even know if I can finish it. Um, went on to check like some, cause I don't know the whole minutia and, you know, history behind resident evil, just you know, based on video game and, you know, movie and just a little bit of that stuff. But I was sitting there and I was like, I'm going to you know, see what it is and this is being tanked all over the place. People are just like this sucks and I mean everybody is talking about how bad this is. Um viewer review viewer reviews are really really bad. Um but like some of the critics reviews were like, "Eh, to a good." And, like, people that have actually, you know, like you and I watched it, they're like, no, nah, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, man, that's too bad. Because, I mean, it's a cool premise. You can do some cool stuff with it. But it definitely, you know, Mo's like, yeah, it's horrible. It, it's just, it's just not good at all. Um, I'm not, there's not much for on TV for me right now. Uh, I'm still watching, um, uh, what is it? Um oh, The Space Show. Dang it. For Mankind. I haven't got to, I didn't get to watch this week's episode, but I'm still watching that. So I'm looking for new stuff to watch. And there's not a lot of new stuff coming out. Um I kinda binge watched all of uh the bear, which, you know, I kinda kinda dread binge watching it all, but I really really liked it and it got renewed for another season, so I was like fuck yeah. So if you have Hulu highly recommend watching it it is amazing um one of the best new shows i've seen in a long time but uh, i do not recommend resident evil unless you're like a hard hardcore fan and you just need some stupid tv but there's better stuff out there to watch i will give you better recommendations <laughs> <laughs> so but i mean other than that um, let me see if we got some people we can raid. I haven't even checked our raids and see what we've got uh, out there. Um, guys, we appreciate everybody coming out here. Uh, we got Ricky is not a ferret got, uh, out there. Oop, didn't mute myself. We have a uh, Ricky is not a ferret is going to be there. We'll send him out to y'all when we're done. But, uh, Jim, as always, thank you for coming on. Uh, thank you for showing your amazing paint job. I mean, that thing, I could never have done that in a million years in the time frame because it's pretty much been, like, an hour and a half. And that is, like, balls amazing.
1: Well, thanks for having me on. And I'm, like you can see kind of uh, that's, that was our start phase about two minutes in. And then we just develop it as much as we need to or as little. Yep. It depends on how much time you've got for each miniature.
0: Yeah, that's just crazy. Um, next week, we'll have a different guest on or, you know, whatever. And uh, the, in two weeks, we'll have Jim back on. And he's going to talk about uh, free handing on models and giving uh, some cool little designs. Um, and he'll have some stuff ready for us and talk to us about how to get that done, which I think is always that one's really, really hard for me. It's free handing uh, type stuff. So. Guys, we really, really appreciate everybody coming on. People listening, watching, all that type of stuff. Please take care of yourself. Please, please, please hydrate. Look after each other. If you see something, say something. And for more than dice, I'm Gonzo.
1: For some reason, I'm still not Kathy.
0: (laughs) Good night. Stick around if you haven't. You can find out uh, Ricky is not a ferret. I think he's playing some video games and he's a good friend of ours. Just go over there and give a like and say hi to him.